I've never known anyone with a dragon. What does he look like? Just a plain ordinary dragon. Hey everybody, welcome back to Plain Ordinary Dragon. If you've been here before, if this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You know, we, we consider time to be the most precious resource there is, and that's why every time I start a podcast, I try to remember to thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing, and thank you for the, the reviews that you've given us. All those different things, they really, really do matter, because it's, inter, it's interaction between us. It's kind of building a community, and that's just so very important around the messages that are important. I hope you all have really enjoyed the last couple of weeks. I enjoyed the interview with Bob Marston so much, and I, and I hope you got a lot out of that. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Not just for the music, obviously. That was pretty good. Some really inspired lyrics in there. And Bob had a lot of really good things to say uh, about different things you know that he did in his life. So I, I hope you really enjoyed that two-part interview, because I really did. Going back to the lyrics in in the music that kind of started me down a path of uh, I was trying to think about what what I wanted to do for today's episode uh, I wanted to take a break from the interview sometimes the interviews seem to be pretty in-depth and and so I kind of wanted to take a break from that and kind of go a little bit of a different direction today and I may have alluded to this on previous podcasts uh, or it could be on, on the uh, a blog post that I wrote on the on the website for a while, uh, I've been thinking about doing an episode about quotations, about quotes. I'm, I'm a words kind of person myself. Uh, I really, that's what resonates with me, even though uh, if, if you were to take the, the words and the music of a song and you had to, had to force me to choose one of the two, what am I going to choose, the music or the, or the lyrics? I'm going to choose the lyrics because I'm a words kind of guy. Not that the music's not as important. Uh, I'm not going down that road. But what I am saying is, is that words move me. And I think a lot of times if we're receptive, words move us all. I think we've talked about before on the podcast, we may not have, but most of the time we make decisions based on our emotions, how we feel. And then we try to create logic around those emotions to kind of prop them up to allow us to have credence for what we have to, to say or what we believe or realistically how we feel. One of the ways that you can uh, kind of choose how you feel is by the thoughts that you think. You know, everything kind of kind of stems from our thought processes, all of them. Thought processes lead us to decisions, and decisions, you know, well, they lead us to action. And so when we go from thinking something to deciding something to acting on something, that's kind of the flow chart for how to get things done. So when you want to change your actions, you have to start with your thoughts. Growing up, uh, I grew up in a, in a fairly religious uh, household. And one of the, the things that, that we were always told was to renew your mind. The things that you're putting in your mind are good things so that good things come out of your mind. That's kind of how processes work for me. And pretty much, I think for most all of us, is we get into our heads and then we, we take that information that we have in our heads. We choose when we have enough to make a decision. And then when we do, we make the decision, right? And then from that decision, we go out and we act and we do something. And the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit early in the game today, right up front, getting out the door that way, was because I wanted to set a context for the rest of this episode. I'm going to go through and I'm just going to randomly pull quotes 
Uh, I don't know if everyone is motivated the same way when it comes to quotations, but I love hearing, you know, like a really good soliloquy or a really good, you know, reading. Uh, I like to hear great lyrics. They just make me think new thoughts and they make me, you know, have to either validate stances or rethink stances. And so I really, really, really love communication. I really love the words and I really love what the words represent. And there was a number of things that I was thinking about talking about today. What I really wanted to talk about today was how hard it is to love. That's really what's been on my mind lately, but I wasn't really prepared to do that episode today. So that's an episode that's going to come in somewhere down the road, but I just wasn't prepared for it. And I didn't feel like I could do it justice by just kind of winging it. Even though that's what's really kind of been on my mind all this week is love and empathy and compassion for other people and especially the lack that I see of it, especially, you know, in the in the news today, but not so much the news anymore. It's the social media. And it's really, really hard for me because I read some of the things, some of the hateful things that that people I grew up believing loved universally. Yeah. And I hear I see some of these things on on, on social media and it tears me up inside. Because we're kind of two wings of the same bird in a lot of ways. And most of our arguments and most of, most of the things that we dissent on, you know, it's two sides of a similar coin. In fact, it's the same coin. And a lot of times it just tears me up to see the profession of love and the spewing of hatred. And it's, it's a weird dichotomy for me. And it's something that I really want to delve into at some point. But it's not for today's episode. I just wasn't prepared to do it. I still have some more research to do before I really feel confidence on being able to have that conversation with anybody, not not just y'all. So today what I wanted to do was I wanted to go through my quotes. And they're not my quotes. I mean, I don't mean the quotes by me. What I mean is, is I don't I don't know how everyone else processes information, but one of the ways that I do it is I I keep a little notebook. Uh, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite software uh, ever has been um, OneNote, which is a Microsoft product, and it's kind of like a virtual trapper keeper. And I really like it. It allows me to organize things in my brain the way I want to do it. And so I, I started a file. I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, maybe a little bit longer, of different quotes that I wanted to have in front of me. If I needed to go somewhere for inspiration or if I needed to go somewhere to feel better, because when you start to read positive things, when you start to read bold statements, things where people are very passionate, a lot of times that will take away uh, from uh, you being inside your head. You know, I, I have a tendency to get inside my head a lot. Sometimes the good things come out of it, but as you can ask my wife most of the time it's not i get in my head and and then by the time that i actually say what's going on and bring it into the universe if you will it's already warped me pretty good pretty well and so i usually make bad decisions at that point so one of the things that i use uh, one of the tools that i use are quotes by really anybody i don't really care who the quotes from as long as it kind of resonates with me in, in some form or fashion not all the quotes are 100% accurate. And I'm, what I mean is not not necessarily that they're not 100% accurate as to who quoted what, but they're not 100% accurate as, as truths. But they are things that are 
good to let us think about. You know, new thought processes keep us young. I mean, there is, you can go out and, and take a look. I'm paraphrasing here, uh, as you know. But you can go out, out onto the internet and, and you can go and list, you know, look up all the different studies that they've done in regards to people staying young mentally. And it's because they're always learning new things. And, it, and it's not just new things in their field. Like, you know, they're going out and learning how to dance or the, and they're making new pathways through their brain. And that helps them to stay young and remember things longer. They have all these neural pathways in your brain, right? The more you create, the easier it is for those neurons to slide through and, and find all the different data that they need in the, in the neural network. Well, one of the ways that you help this along is by learning new things, things that you wouldn't normally learn. Today, I learned how to do the electric slide, or at least some really weird, funky white guy version of it, along with my 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 kids and my wife just because it was going to be a fun family activity but it's also something that I don't do and it's something that will help build some of those pathways and I think quotes are kind of like that too not not a hundred percent you know it, it's it's something that makes you think and maybe it makes you think in a way that you didn't think previously and if that's the case then it can be helpful who knows it may lead you to some new conclusions or it may give you some confidence in different areas where you're struggling right maybe maybe you're just you're having a, a particular time in your head uh, about circumstances and things that are around you and you're you're feeling a little bit down and then you read a quote and you're like huh hmm okay um, one of my favorites is we relish news of our heroes, forgetting that we are extraordinary to somebody too. And I believe that was said by Helen Hayes. See, all of a sudden, after just reading that quote, we relish news of our heroes, forgetting that we are extraordinary to somebody too. Which is kind of another way of, of saying, you know, perspective or paradigm, right? I know that after, you know, Stephen Covey's book came out, paradigm was a big word, right? And we, we still use that word quite frequently in, in context, uh, especially in the corporate world, for a paradigm shift, a perspective shift. And that's what a, a quote like that can do for you. Because, you know, we can be looking up to somebody and calling them our heroes, you know, or our mentors or whatever word we want to use. It's easy to forget that we've done some pretty amazing things too. And maybe we've helped some people out, right? Maybe someone looks at us the way that we look at our heroes. And, and I think that's really a great thing to keep in mind, not just because we get to see that different perspective of ourselves, but it also helps us to remember that it's important for us to do the right thing. It's important for us to realize that other people are watching us too. That doesn't mean we have to be perfect because we never will be. We're all flawed and you're never going to hear me say that we're not because we are. Uh, some of us are more flawed than others, I guess, but it's not really a contest, is it? But it is something that we can do to realize there really isn't a destination. It's just a journey. And at different points on our journey, we get seen different ways and we see people different ways. I've been really lucky to be able to meet some of the people that were quote unquote my heroes, uh, especially musicians, because that's a world that I just love, right? Music, I just love it. And so I've, I've been lucky enough to meet and, and spend some time with different artists over the years. And 
they aren't usually who you expect them to be. They're different. And there's a, there's kind of a shattering of a kind of a shattering of the glass that separates you from them. If you spend enough time with them, it's kind of one of the things um, about the plain ordinary dragon podcast too, is that we're going to talk to some people that have accomplished some, what we would consider quote unquote, great things by commercial success and so forth. And we'll talk with them as well. And what you're going to see as we get through these interviews throughout the years, you're going to see that they're not any different than you are really. Maybe they made some different decisions. They had maybe a different background, but they're very similar. We, we, we can do these, these things. It's not just a select few who can, we really just have to change our thought processes, our decisions and our actions based on our current situation. And then, because there's some, there's more privilege in some places than there is in others. I would have to be crazy not to see that. I've lived a very privileged life in some respects. By the same token, I haven't lived nearly as privileged a life as others. And that's always the case. I don't remember who it was that said this. I think it was, I think it was in the Stephen Covey class that I took the very first time. Somebody said that you should always realize that you're superior to someone in some way, but they're superior to you in another way as well. And what you want to do is, is you want to share what your strengths are with other people's weaknesses so that you can better work together. When I hear things like that, I like to focus on them and see, hey, how can we apply that to my life? How can we apply that to other people's lives? And how can we make our lives better by doing that? And sometimes it's inspiration. Sometimes maybe it's a little bit more than inspiration. So what I wanted to do today anyway, I think I may have gotten off track just a little bit, is I just wanted to read some quotes like the one from Helen Hayes. We try to just have a real conversation. And that's what we're doing here tonight too. It's just you and me instead of me and somebody else. And you're kind of voyeuring in on. <laughs> so I want to go through some of my quotes and things that I wanted to share with you. Maybe you haven't heard them before and maybe it will make a difference. You know, early on in my life, probably when I first discovered multi-level marketing, and I've talked about this before, I'm a fan of multi-level marketing to some degree. Um, because of what it teaches you, not necessarily because of the, the setup and so forth. And there are some to watch out for. So please make sure that if you decide to get into doing that kind of thing, network marketing or whatever, make sure you really check the stuff out because some of them are really rough and some of them are, are really good. I've, I've met some great people there too. One of the best things about the, my time doing the network marketing stuff was all the self-development uh, material that I, that I got into reading that I started learning about because it was part of, it was kind of part of the, the way you did things. You got, got to be as, uh, you know, positive as you possibly could be. And you wanted to sling these slogans around and eventually they'll get into your brain and eventually they do. And they kind of change the way you think. And that's really kind of a good thing if you want to change where you are in life or what you're doing. As we talked about before, the, the flow chart of changing an action or success or whatever we want to call it in today's day and age. Let's just go back to the, to the board here and we'll pick another one. But early on in my, in my days of learning self-development stuff, I bought an audiobook set on cassette. If any of you remember what cassettes are anyway, I, I bought an audio, an, uh, an audio book uh, on cassette and it was by somebody named Earl 
Nightingale. And he um, he started a company later, I think, called uh, Nightingale Conant. And now they do like all the accessory stuff. And, and they do a, a lot of things like that. They do a lot of the positivity training. And, and uh, you, you know, you could, for a long time, you can you could find a lot of the motivational speaker stuff there on their site and so forth. But I really liked Earl Nightingale. He, uh, he had a number of really great lectures. But one of uh, one of the ones that I wrote down I have here is excellence always sells. And that's one by Earl Nightingale. And he's right. You know, the, the more excellent you, the more excellence that you pour into something, the better it's going to turn out. And at first you may not have that excellence, but over time, as you keep doing it, you will, you'll have more and more and you'll be more and more excellent. And so if you do a really good job, do the best that you can, that doesn't mean that your best today will be as good as your best tomorrow because it won't. Your best tomorrow is probably going to be better than your best today. But as long as you're striving for excellence, that's really the important thing is striving for excellence. That's one of the important pieces. But probably even more important than that was what Mark Twain said. And I know there's probably a bunch of people that love Mark Twain. Uh, I like Mark Twain too, and this is one of my favorites. He said, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. I'll go ahead and, and read that again. The secret to getting ahead is getting started. Yeah, because if you don't get started, you can't go anywhere. You know, and we, we could use all the cliches, one step at a time, thousand mile journey, etc. But if you just think about it, if you just stay in your head and you don't make a decision and take action, you can't get anywhere. You can't have a big 401k without, well, contributing to it, right? I remember uh, back again, I'm going to harken back to my network marketing days because there were a lot of concepts and, and things that I found there that really helped my life and shaped my life a lot in a lot of ways. I remember they were the McNeely's. I was in a company called Envirotech, which did waterless car wash and, and, and detail. I know it sounds crazy, but it was really great stuff. And there were some folks, they were the McNeely's, I think were their name, and they were doing their own little trainings to train their teams how to sell stuff and so forth. And they had had a party, they, they had had a dinner party where they sold $11,000 worth of product. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's pretty amazing. You know, one dinner party, you sold, you know, $11,000 worth of product, you know, and if you're getting 30%, you know, you're having a pretty good night, you know? And I was like, all oh, ears. And they're like, hey, you want to know how to make have an $11,000 dinner party? I was like, yeah, man, I want to know. Tell me. Tell me. I had my, 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 you know, my steno pad out and I was ready to write down notes. And they said, you need to have $11,000 worth of product to sell. Well, then they're right. Ah, it was a big aha moment for me. You can't sell the product that you don't have. At least back then, these days, things have changed considerably. This was pre-internet days. Not really pre-internet days, but early, early, early. Nobody was really using it a whole lot. I was almost pre-cell phone days. All right, enough dating myself as how old I am. Nonetheless, there are, are things that to really learn. Hey, you know, you've got to get your ducks in a row to be able to march the ducks down down in, in, in a line to get to where they need to go. And... The secret to that, 
the secret to getting ahead is getting started. Tony Robbins had something to say about that too. Because what happens is, is that when you start to think differently, then you start having these ideas that maybe you should make some decisions. So Tony Robbins said, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. Tony Robbins said, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. See, we think the thoughts, we make the decisions, and then we take the actions. Now, I don't remember who wrote The Dead Poets Society. Robin Williams did a great job with that character, right? And one of the lines from that movie is, no matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world. And that sounds, that sounds really, you know, I don't know, bold and, and passionate and amazing when we say that like that. And, and when we think about it in, in the, the nebulous of what could be done, that's pretty impressive. It's, it's, you know, it's an exciting statement and it's, and it is, but look around because words and ideas have shaped the world that we live in right now, right this moment, which means that the words and the ideas that can change the world are the ones that we have to apply right now to see a difference later. No matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world because they do. The words and ideas change. Look at our political landscape. Something else that Earl Nightingale said. In fact, I've got a couple Earl Nightingale quotes here because I like them and they're helpful to me. One of the things that he said was never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. It's true, right? How many of us have had an idea? You know, we've had that idea. One of my friends in college was always talking about taking tape and putting it across his nose and then pulling it off. And when he did, uh, some of that tape would stick to some of the stuff on his nose, right? Some of the, the stuff that clogs the pores, the, I don't know what they call it. Anyway, some of the stuff, you know, that you would wash off and, you know, you pull it out and it would pull a lot of it out of the pores and so forth. And he was obsessed with doing it and he was talking about it and he was like, man, you know, this really works pretty cool. Blah, blah, blah. It's kind of neat, you know, and it's one of those kind of gross tricks you do as a kid or whatever, you know, anyway, a couple of years later, I ran into him again. He was showing me those strips that you, that you get, can get at the store, right? Where you can, they're kind of like tape, but they're thicker. You put them across your nose and then you tear them off and it, and it pulls the gunk out of the pores and, you know, what he told me was, hey, I, I thought of that. But he didn't go after it, right? Now, one of the, I think one of the conversations we had about it was it was going to take too long. It would you know, cost too much money, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the excuses were. Maybe he didn't really believe in it as a product. Who knows? But the interesting thing is, is that if you don't give up on the dream, Time's going to pass anyway. Maybe somebody else is going to find that dream. Maybe they will. And then you'll be going, oh man, that was, uh, you know, that, that was, that was my idea. <laughs> and, and now it's 
a multi-million dollar idea. And and we've all heard this story, right? At least from one of our friends somewhere, probably, um, or family members, sometimes both, sometimes multiples. I guess it all just kind of depends. Something else Earl Nightingale said that I really find to be true is about judgment. Uh, we've talked before, I, I believe, about Brene Brown's Daring Greatly and you know the, the quote from, uh, from Roosevelt about that. And, and this kind of follows up on that to some degree. Earl Nightingale said, When you judge others, you do not define them, you define yourself. When you judge others, you do not define them, you define yourself. One of the things that uh, I've heard uh, one of my mentors, Kathy Heller, say before, people who are doing the same things as you, in other words, people that are taking the same risks and putting their voice in the world, are not going to criticize you for putting your voice in the world. Not at all. In fact, the opposite's true. They're going to try to support you as best they can because they understand how hard it is to be in the arena they understand people don't need more judgment. They need more support. You know, the more successful that you get, at least commercially, I've found, the more people are willing to understand. The more people are willing to understand the challenges that you personally have that you have to deal with. You know, when I when I did menial labor jobs that uh, were the really kind of the best I could do sometimes construction jobs, tourism jobs, those kinds of things. A lot of times people would understand if you take a sick day or, you know, understand something like that, but they weren't really focused on helping you achieve, you know, yours, the success that you want to achieve. Whereas when I go into the corporate world and I've spent some time there, depending on the situation that you end up in. And there's definitely a number of bad ones that you can be involved in. But most of them, people don't look at you with disdain or disgust because you want to make a career move. They want to help you make that career move. They, they want to see how they can better your life along the way. And so some of that is self-serving, but it's also because they, they understand the struggle because they've been there. They're in the arena. And you can almost always tell someone who isn't because they're being critical. They're judging others and defining themselves by it. And that's what I always think when I see or hear somebody say something nasty. You don't like this country, love it or leave it. I think that says more about the person than it does about the person they're talking to or at. All right, let's see. What other quotes do we have in here? that uh, that might be interesting. Oh, okay, let's see. Here's, here's one kind of along the same lines from uh, someone you may know from a J.K. Rowling. Is that how you say her name? Is it Rowling? Well, it will have to be for today. If you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. I'll read it again. If you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. 
You know, that's a quote that I think pretty well says it all for itself. I think we all understand that, but there is a lot of truth to it. You know, a lot of times when I'm listening to people talk and I'm making my assertions, judgments, if you will, on my thoughts, on what they have to say, when someone is nasty and rude, it turns me off no matter what they're saying. They can be technically right, but because they're so bitter, because they, they have so much anger or hatred or, or whatever it might be, spews, spewing out of, of what they're saying, it turns me off. I, 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 don't really, I don't really buy the rest of what they have to say at all. It just makes me think, what a sad person. Which leads me to one of my favorite quotes by Gandhi. The greatness of humanity is not in being human, but in being humane. The greatness of humanity is not in being human, but in being humane. Yeah, that's my belief. I, I resonate with that. I resonate with that. Be kind. Be loving. Have empathy and compassion for your fellow man, woman, child. Yeah, it, that's important, is being humane. Loving one another. Earl Nightingale said, Your world is a living expression of how you are and have used your mind. Again, it goes back to the thoughts. Do we think thoughts of love? Do we think thoughts of hate? Do we think thoughts of compassion? Do we think thoughts of of cruelty? What thoughts do we think of? Are we easily angered? Are we really mad? I have anger issues. I'll tell you right now. It's taken me years to even appear like I'm able to control it. But there's an anger that wells up inside of me. Sometimes a self-righteous anger. How dare they think they can do that to that poor man? Or to me? Or to someone I love? That's not how I want to be. I want to embody love and compassion to such a degree that when people see me, that when people are around me, they can feel it, that it's palpable. That's what I aspire to. I hope that's what other people aspire to as well. We all want the best things out of life that we can get. We want the, we want the products. We want the house, the picket fence, the kids. We want all those things for one reason or another. Or maybe, we, maybe you don't. Maybe that's not what your dream is. But we all have dreams. I, I think that's really what I'm getting at. We all have wants and needs and and desires. But the way that we find purpose and happiness is by being grateful and giving to others. You know, Earl Nightingale also said, you are now and you do become what you think about. Yeah. So uh, now I don't know how many of you know, uh, Ramit Sadie, um, or Sethi, I'm sorry, Ramit Sethi. I have a hard time sometimes with names. 
But one of the things that he says is show, show me someone's calendar and their spending and I'll show you what their priorities are. Well, they all stem from our thought processes and then our decisions and then our actions. Show you, show me, show me their calendar, what they spend their money on. I'll tell you where their priorities are. It's true. One of my all-time favorite quotes uh, is actually by somebody who's running for president this year. I don't think she has much of a shot, realistically. But I love, I love, I love her empathy and compassion. And I, I don't, I don't follow the same spiritual guidelines that she does. But I think this is really a great quote. And I think it's so true. So I'm going to read it to you. It's by Marianne Williamson. It's from her book, A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve this world. There is nothing enlightened about you shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let down, as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You remember I've been telling you for a while now, your voice is important in this world. It really, really is. Your light is important in this world. In another, in another book, Marianne Williamson said, each of us has a unique part to play in the healing of the world. We do. The more that we can love and empathize and be compassionate, the more we can heal this world. I've got a bunch more that we could go through, and I hope, I hope some of these have been, have been helpful to you. I, I hope that they inspired you to think some, uh, maybe inspired you to, I don't know, read some more quotes. Uh, George Bernard Shaw said, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Have you created the self that you want? Do you embody the love and compassion that you want to embody? Have you found confidence by being true to yourself, true with yourself? Or are you at the bottom? Is right now a hard, terrible time for you? Because if it is, remember you've survived 100% of your bad days to this point. You're still here. You're still kicking. J.K. Rowling said, Rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Mike Singletary said, You know what my favorite part of the game is? The opportunity to play. Tim Denning said, failure is a cheap lesson in what's not going to make you successful. Roy Disney said, 
It's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. Maybe one of the best coaches of all time, maybe one of the greatest coaches, this is John Wooden. Oh, well before my time, coached UCLA basketball, men's basketball team, to ungodly numbers. I don't know how many back-to-back titles he won, how many years they went before they lost a game. He was an amazing motivator. He has books and books of quotes that would be well worth my time and your time for me to sit here and just read you the book. That's how good a coach John Wooden was. But I want to leave you with this today, I think, because it's something I struggle with. And it might be something you struggle with. Maybe it's something that can help you. But what we do all this for sometimes isn't what matters most. And this is what John Wooden said. Do not let making a living prevent you from making a life. The life is what's important, folks. I don't make as much money as I want to make. I don't have the resources that I want to have to be able to see the guy who's trying to collect money for this, that, or the other thing, getting paid minimum wage on the sidewalk. I don't get paid enough money to go over there and say, you know what, how would you like to take the day off and have $10,000 for whatever the charity is? Here's the money to do that. I don't make that kind of money these days yet. But I have a wonderful family. I have an amazing wife, two amazing boys. I have a great life. It's not where I want it to be yet. But the life part, the important part, it's all there. Don't let making a living prevent you from making a life. Go out there, create your life the way you want to do it. You can, and we need you to. We need your voice in the world. We need your light in the world. I beg of you, do what you need to do. It's so important. And you know what? It might be plain. And you might be ordinary, but you're a dragon. You can do amazing things, and I cannot wait to hear them and to see them and to experience them. Go on, plain ordinary dragon. Roar. It's your time. We'll see you next week. It's not easy to share somebody's dream. It gets easy. When you work as a team, you've got to tend it, fan it. That's what I plan to do. Oh, I had one friend by my side.